Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. Imagine making a difference. No, imagine being the difference. The difference between I can't and I can or I won't and I will. The reason someone chooses to wake up and strive for greatness. In life, it can feel like everything is working against you. Let's defy all odds and break generational curses. This is Overstepping Poverty with Daquan and Zacchaeus. Welcome back to Overstepping Poverty, the podcast that provides you with tips, tricks, and hacks in overstepping poverty. My name is Daquan Brooks, and I'm here with my co-host, Zacchaeus Shaw. How you doing, Zacchaeus? I'm doing great, brother. Just had the world's greatest Indian taco. Oh. You know, I had never had an Indian taco with beans on it before, I'm not going to lie, but they were smacking. Spicy beans, too. Spicy. Fire. But no, life's good. This week, Monday... We had our second child, Xavian. Congratulations. So definitely, thank you. Definitely blessed to bring him into the world. Um, he's still in the NICU, but just a few more days and he'll be home with the fam. So I love it. Definitely excited for that. All the changes, growth, everything coming in. What about you, man? How are you? I'm, I'm great, man. You know, in a world full of negativity, there's a lot of positive out there, you know, and there's a lot of things to look for, like, like the greatness that you just said. Um, of just bringing another child into this world. Like you also said, we just had this nice <laughs> Indian taco. That's my first time having fry bread and a full-on Indian taco, and I'm full. My heart's full. I'm yeah. ready to go, man. Feeling it's, good? It's great. I do. I am. Yeah. I feel great. Well, good, man. We have a great special guest on here. I mentioned the Indian tacos, you know, world famous. You know, I've seen there's people coming all the way to South Dakota just to try these Indian tacos were with a great individual that has a great story and a great perspective that I'm excited for our people to listen to and hear. So today I'm introducing Watecha Bowl's very own Lawrence West. Let's go. Thanks Welcome. for coming on How the podcast, doing, man. Absolutely. Yeah, we're doing good. How are you? Man, amazing. Doing good, doing yeah. good. Thanks for allowing us to come into your space, the hospitality with the food. Like I said, can't mention it enough how good it was. But like I said, I'm excited for people to get to know you a little bit about your story, some of the things that you've gone through to get to where you're at today. And yeah, so let's start with that. Yes. Just to start out on each of our podcasts, we always ask about the journey of everyone that's on here because it was a conversation that we even had with you before we even sat down here. It's just that we're out here to tell everyone, well, not even to tell everyone, but let everyone share their story on how they got to their, to where their peak, you know, um, their growth. No one ever usually shares that story or everyone usually sees someone who's at the top or who has um, their own business and how they're just doing everything and everyone looks at it and they're just like, wow. I mean, he's there. He did. He, he must've got this given to him, you know, <laughs> and that's, that's not how it is. Um, so what we want to do again, like Zacchaeus said, uh, we want to take it back. So we want to know exactly where things started for you. Where'd you grow up? So I was born in Rapid City, South Dakota. Um, but I mean, essentially I'm from 1100 block South Prairie, 312 South Munchies. There you go. I'm from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, man, heart of the city. Uh, I grew up a few blocks away from where I operate my business at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
That's amazing. Very nice. Tell me about kind of your your family's history. You mentioned um, along your bloodline, you have very important people um, that have come from your bloodline. Can you go into that a little bit just to give some some background on who you are, who your family is, and, yeah. and all that stuff? So uh, I'm an enrolled tribal member of the Cheyenne River Sioux Tribe. Uh, we're from old school Cherry Creek, Mini Koju, the people by the water. Mm. Uh, my grandmother, Mert, was born in uh, in the mid-1920s on the prairie, you know. And, uh, okay. I mean, we, we can trace our family lineage back for 250 years um, and a little bit farther just with continued research now. Um, but, I mean, our roots, my family's from here, you know. Yeah. Like we're mm-hmm. in South Dakota, born and bred. Right. And, uh, and I mean, we've, I mean, we're South Dakota, yeah, bro. It really doesn't yeah. get yeah. too much more South Dakota than that. You know, I, mean, yeah, I right. didn't particularly grow up on the reservation. Okay. Uh, but I did, we did grow up with these teachings. You know, I sure. speak Lakota, I sing Indian uh, ceremony. These ways of life, this way of life is very relevant uh, to why I do exactly what I do. Right. You know? mm-hmm. And obviously we're sitting in with Touchable here. This isn't where it all started for you, though, right? I know I, I've read a article on you, um, and this wasn't something you ever really thought about doing until within the last few years. Yeah. But that entrepreneur spirit has always been there for you, it seems, right? Yeah. Where, before all of this, where did that entrepreneur spirit come from? Drug dealing. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I Talk mean, about re- that. That's real. I mean, realistically... Yeah. I- I mean, as real as it gets, uh, it, that's where it comes from, you know. Like that's that's before I ever was who I am today. I had to be who I was, right. you know, growing up through the ages. And and uh, I mean, there's just so much in my life that I could talk about from you know from my earliest memory until where I am now today. And and it's kind of like there's just not enough time, you right? Know what mm-hmm. I mean? But Essentially, like I've always been a hustler, bro. Like I, I, that's just in my nature. I, I don't know. Ever since I was a little kid, I used to like get money from my auntie and stuff, you know. And it, and it was like, as a little kid, you can't go to the store, you can't spend it, so you really got the money. But whenever the times I did was old enough to get to go to the store, and it was kind of like I could buy whatever I want because. I had this little savings, you yep. know, and it was mm-hmm. like a hundred pennies to me wasn't the same as a hundred pennies to another kid. Sure. Uh, because I got that teaching <coughs> inside of the house, you know, and mm-hmm. it just happened through life that, you know, that that's where I chose to take my love for money, you know, right. mm-hmm. but absolutely. I mean, I've all, I, I've always been a hustler, you know, and it just happened to, to turn out that way that when I decided to change my life, I just, that was the thing that stayed with me was sure. hustle. that hustle mm-hmm. gene, bro. Yeah. Which is important. I think uh, it's important that you talk about, you know, where that comes from with it, you know, being drug dealing, because there's a lot of people that relate to that. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that people always just come out and say, but I've always felt that if you can, be a drug dealer and you, you have product you're selling it. I mean, you're running a business. Yeah. And so a lot of those same principles apply to anything else Absolutely. that you would sell. So there's a lot of skills that, 
people might look down on somebody who's in that position where they are needing to sell drugs. I mean, there's a lot of skills there that mm-hmm. translate to many different aspects. But like with me, I don't have a business degree, bro. Right. You know, I'm not a trained chef. Like I'm a hustler. Right. You know, I got to where I'm at uh, based off of grit and I wake up every day, bro. And I don't fear failure. I go out, mm. you know, looking to run into shit head first so that I can learn so that I can get the keys and the knowledge. And it's like, where I've been in my life now, my network, the people that I touch on the day to day is so large that my failure and my head button, the wall is instrumental, you mm. know, to the success of a network of people, you know? Right. And it's like, I have no obligation to their network and they have no obligation to mine. I just love them and they love me. Yeah. Uh, and I love to share my knowledge so that whatever the individuals around me are doing, Uh, They grow from that, you know, Mm -hmm. that's dope. Absolutely. You know, we talk about growth and it's, it's such a pivotal thing that we should speak on because with you just mentioning drug dealing, I mean, there's a lot of people who go through a journey and they don't ever want to actually reflect on exactly the, the growth that they had in that journey. So for you to come out and say that, I think that is very powerful Um, because like you said, it is, it's teaching you, it taught you quite a few things It taught you and to build a, a a business. I mean, and not just with touchable, but you had many other businesses that you're actually providing here as well, you know, with your, with your merchandise, um, on that. So there, there is, there's a path that everyone has to take, you know, and so everyone needs to take some time once they do make it like you have take some time and really reflect and teach others. I mean, exactly that you're going to have to go through some things, some struggles. You're going to have to really find yourself to really become the person you're going to be today. And that's the thing is that people don't understand that is that's the part of the journey where they skip like, Mm -hmm. and they want to play the victim. And I never wanted to lay down and play the victim. I got to where I'm at in life right now because people closed the doors on me and Mm -hmm. I expect them to close the doors on me because what have, what have I ever done in my life for anybody to take me seriously? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, my journey is crazy, bro. Like, I, I grew up in the system, you know, and when I was 18 years old, I went to the penitentiary for, uh, I ended up shooting two people over behind the old Lollabella's on 12th and Grange. Uh, and I was 18 years old, bro, and they gave me 30 years in two months. Wow. You know, on my first offense. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, a lot of people wrote me off, you know, like that's to them, that was life, you know, and just based right. off of them knowing me, like uh, I was a menace. So that it, them knowing my mentality, it was logical for them to write me off. Like I would mm-hmm. never come home out of that situation. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, by that time, bro, by the time they had sentenced me, um, I had done 12 man years of incarceration from March 1996 until you know, August of 2004, you know, I did, I started going to juvenile prison when I was eight years old. Like I was, you know, I had been through the system. That was just what they did with native kids back in the day. You know, they, they didn't believe in rehabilitation. Like on paper, we were equal, but to them, I was still a savage, you know, like Mm -hmm. if that's, you know, and and they did, they threw me away, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and I was, and when I had caught my number, bro, like people expected to write me off. They were hopeful, that, mm-hmm. that that was the rest of my journey, you know, and knowing that going in to that situation, I could have, you know, and, and this is the thing that I tell people all the time. Any situation when you wake up every day, bro, can go either way. Mm-hmm. 
you're not you're not fucking guaranteed to <coughs> to mm-hmm. go to bed the same way that you woke up that day. You're not guaranteed right. to have the same amount of money. You're not guaranteed for your wife, your children, nobody to be there, bro. Anything can go both ways every second of every day, you know. Right, and, yeah. and I had this knowledge, bro. And I went into this situation and I was faced with this journey and I could have became a monster because I had the juice, bro. I'm a real OG in the game. Mm-hmm. Right. I walked away from the game. I didn't see the obligation in killing my people. Mm-hmm. But if you mention my name now, you will see the reach that I had built in in the gang culture, in the drug culture, in 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 the things mm-hmm. that were instrumental, um, all of the things that I work on healing now, you know, like yep. I didn't just wake up one day like, yo, I want to go out and I want to help these gang members and these drug dealers, and I want to reach out to these people. Like, fuck no, bro. Like this is devastation. This is residual from shit that I caused. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so now my mission in life is to be one hundred percent. Uh, to heal these people, to touch these people, to reach out to these people and show them, like, yo, you can you can do this, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, right. and, but the main thing to go back to your point was like I had to find out who I was when I was inside that cell, bro. Like I had to break myself down to a molecular level mm-hmm. and understand. Uh, that the things that I believed that were solid weren't solid. Mm-hmm. You know, the people and the things around me and the things that I invest my time in and my journey, and I had to come to a point where I had to make a decision, um, am I a gangster? If I'm a gangster, this is the life that I choose. This is what I need to get used to. Right. Uh, and I had, to made, I had made the conscious decision uh, in my position with all the juice that I have, every, you know, and, and I made a conscious decision that, that's not who I am. Yeah. Uh, and I developed the ability to change me. Yeah. Right. And that's the true, that's the true meaning of overstepping poverty. That's, that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's, it's like you said, you had to sit in that cell and you had to really break yourself down yeah. to figure out exactly who you were. And then you came out and look at you now, you know what I'm saying? And everyone that thought you'd just be nothing, you proved them wrong, but yeah. you proved yourself right. Cause you knew that you had that in you, you know? Right. So that's, I love that. So I got I got smart, and I ended up fighting for my life. I graduated high school when I was 16 with a 4.3 GPA. I've, I've never been a dummy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got smart, bro. I decided that, you know, my popularity, my status, all of the things that we as a cultural society value as the juice mm-hmm. um, is, in fact, not the juice, mm-hmm. bro. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> None right. of that shit is the juice, bro. Like, none of it, you mm-hmm. know? And I, and I had to get really, really real about that and develop who I wanted to be, man. Right. Yeah. Like, I had to become uh, who I wanted to be even in that scenario, mm-hmm. you know, and that added a ton more stress. I do have a, I have a question just because I know I've had some cousins that went into the penitentiary um, who came out and I felt like when they did come out, they felt that they had nothing that of course the world tur- turned their back on them. Um, they say, as far as when you go into the penitentiary and you come out that they're trying to rehabilitate you, but they don't ever set you up with programs to truly do so and follow up with you. Um, on that, what can you tell for people who are in the penitentiary and are coming out and are looking for options, you know, are looking for that next step to really do something with their life? Because there's one thing that I always see is there's a lot of businesses. They don't want you to become a CEO in their business if you've spent 10 years in prison for something, you know what I'm saying? Um, So they, again, they turn their backs on you. So what can you tell them 
you know, what's a good route? What's what's the first step to take? It's see, like a, a lot of people ask that question, bro. And I told you all from the jump, my ideology about how the world works is very different. Right. You know what I mean? Success is a mindset, bro. Like you have to be an animal, mm. you know, you have to be a hunter. And it's like a lot of these people come out of prison, bro, and they want to jump into a business lane or they want to jump into this lane or that lane because the government will fund them. Mm-hmm. And they don't have a long-term plan uh, past that $10,000 check that the government's willing to give them. Well, what happens after that $10,000 check is gone and you got to pay rent and you got to restock your merch and you got to feed your family and you got to, you know what I mean? I don't recommend anybody take the avenue that I took, bro, because it's not, like I told y'all earlier, I wake up every day, bro, and induce myself into trauma in hopes that at the end of 15 or 18 years of this continued trauma that I will have a successful empire. Right. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, if that's what you choose, like, you have to be a monster, bro. Like, there's no there's no room for weak shit, bro. Mm-hmm. Like That dog. You know? like Absolutely, bro. And it's like, people can spit on me, bro. They could talk bad about me. And because I chose to put myself in the limelight, bro, there's some weird belief that I have to accept that. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. and it's like the people that come from the walks of life that I come from, bro, they really can't accept things like that. If somebody Mm -hmm. spits on you or does something to you, you know, like you willing to give up everything like that, you know? And if you're not willing, bro, like this hunger, this drive, bro, it comes from within because every day I wake up and I'm faced with the same decisions. I could go out my front door and I could, uh, buy as much drugs as I want to and mm-hmm. I can be a drug dealer or I can just take my ass to the grocery store, spend my couple hundred dollars and go to my business and operate my business and do good for my community. It's not like some magical force came into my life and bam, I'm changed. Like this right. is, you know, this is your life now, man. Here you go. Yep. Like Every day I'm still faced with the same shit. I'm still out here in the same city surrounded by the same people associated with the same things Mm -hmm. i just choose to be that driving light because that representation wasn't there for my people and if not why not me exactly i can take the licks bro i can take the dirty looks i can take the shit talking i've been through that it's nothing why not me why wouldn't i be standing there shielding all of my people bro my lane is huge Mm. i'm walking down the street like this bro with a hundred thousand people behind me, whether mm-hmm. they like me or not. Right. Why not me? But yep. that's my personal choice. I wake up every day and I choose that to mm-hmm. do the right thing, bro. In order to move forward, they have to have that mental capacity to that's the life that they want. A lot of people see what we have and they say, hey, I want that. But then as soon as they come up to your face and say, hey, bro, I want I want to have what you have. Yep. When you pack this up. You go home and you go back to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you're done working at home, you pack it up and you go meet your bro and y'all put it together, bro. And then you market it and you put it out. Mm-hmm. What did they do when they left that conversation? They went and chilled. Right. Hung out. Packed it up. <laughs> Video games. Exactly. You know what I'm like, saying? Whatever. Nothing that was actually going to help them continue to move forward. And like, that's, and you're right. So many people, they forget. I mean, like, where, when it comes to being successful, there's times where you're not you're not getting any sleep. Yeah. There's times where I mean I go to work and this this is this isn't this is a hobby to me. 
but it's also a job to me. It's both, you know, but I also have another job and I, I work 10, 12 hour days. I come back here and I'm working on this. Yeah. And so it, it's, a, it's that stuff that people don't see that, that you need to, you have to have that hunger. You yeah. have to have that dog. Like you have to lose some sleep. You have to give up some things Facts. to be successful. Absolutely. You know, so I whether definitely. Whether the money comes in or not, bro, whether the customers come in or not, my lights are on, my doors are open every day of the week, bro. Mm-hmm. Right. I know that I have the foresight to know that at the first of every month, $10,000 is coming out of my bank account, whether I have it or not. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? People just need to be realistic about what they want, bro. You know, and it's like, and and when you're out in the world, people move too fast. You move too fast. You know, like if you get a job right now, and you make it eighteen fifty an hour plus benefits, and your boy calls you and say, "Hey, you can make nine nineteen twenty five over here," but the benefits ain't that good. You see the benefit in that seventy five cents. You know what I mean? And it's like people move way too fast, bro. Like there's times the money don't come in, Mm -hmm. man. Sometimes I'm rich, sometimes I'm poor, but yep. no matter what, I'm always working, bro. Yeah, always working. I think it's you said a lot there that I'm just kind of thinking about, and I want to go back a little bit to when you were, you know, sitting in that cell, thinking to yourself on who you are and who you've been and who you wanted to be. What made you decide this though? Because you la- you didn't have the the representation that. I think is important for people to see, especially nowadays. So what made you do the right thing, quote unquote, as opposed to reverting back to that? So like the main factor, like obviously like outside of my wife, I've been with my wife for 21 years. We've been together since we was 13 years old. Shout out to y'all. I've been with my wife for my whole entire life. You know, obviously at some point in time I had to wise up and realize the type of obligation that I needed to have if I wanted that. But outside of that, nothing, bro. I take this shit one day at a time, Mm. you know, and it's like, and that's the thing that people don't understand is they can't manage those type of feelings. Like realistically at the end of the day, if you disrespect me to the point where I can't go home and go to sleep at the end of the night, I'm still the same motherfucker. Right. You know? And yeah. it's like outside of that, like I don't want to do any harm to anybody. I just have these morals and these values inside of me. And that's what I live by. And I live within the good inside of those morals and values. You mm-hmm. know, like when I came home, I had nothing, bro. You know? Yeah. I had whatever. My wife worked hard while she was by herself, a teenage girl, fucking holding it together, could provide for me. Right. And when I came home, bro, we had nothing, you know? Yeah, we had a Pontiac G6 and an excursion and a pack of new white tees, bro. And, right. And uh, every day, like I didn't know what I was gonna do, and and eventually, so I, I had went to Hardee's, bro, and I started working at Hardee's as the fry guy for nine fifty an hour, just because I didn't want to go back to prison, you know, like I was just in that volatile moment where it was like, you know, and I didn't have any rehabilitation. I literally Mm -hmm. did six years in two days and three years on parole. I was never scheduled to take a class. I'd never seen a counselor. I'd never, nothing, bro. Like I did nine years and some change of dead time. Yeah. You know, like whatever. And, And I mean, granted, my situation wasn't drug or alcohol related. I was completely sober when I did it. I, you know, like don't sure. touch my wife. If you touch my wife, you know, right. Mm-hmm. Y'all going to do the same, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like, sure. but in that scenario, bro, like 
I didn't have that, you know, and and, yeah. and it's like to have no guidance, bro, to have no help, to have no uh, sense of direction and still make it out, like, that's what makes everything, like, none of it makes sense, bro. I don't right. have a plan. Every day I wake up, I pray, I hope that I'm going to go out and change you know, change something that yeah. day. But I just know mm -hmm. that in my heart, bro, I have no hatred. I forgave all of that. I have no anger. I have no politics. I have no ties, you know, and it's right. like I just see uh, what my community needs and I f see what my people need and I see what, you know, minority businesses need. And I, and I want to be a part of that growth, bro. Like my drive yeah. is just to be a part of the growth of what's going on around here. Yeah. Well, to me, it sounds like you're chosen my friend Man. chosen and that's and that's a lot of responsibility for people but you see it oftentimes people go through these trials and tribulations and a lot of times it's the people are like no i don't want to be the leader or i don't want to do this until you have to be that person because mm -hmm. nobody else is standing up and to me that's what it sounds like for you going through all these things and we'll talk about many more things but going through everything that you went through to get to this point and have no representation to look up to and have to take the accountability of why your life was where it was and wanting to make that change, I think that's powerful. And especially, you know, and I've mentioned on here before with my siblings being Native American as well, coming from a community that is is needing leaders, is needing these this representation to show you like we are them. Like like we're special people. We can do what Ever we want to do and we can come from anything and be successful at what it is that we want to do so yeah. i hope you don't take that lightly on how for lack of a better word awesome you are because there's a lot of people that can learn from you and there's a lot of people that do so kudos mm -hmm. to you on that i want to get into a little bit more of the aspect going into your culture and native americans in general you've talked about again, that representation, and you want to show your people that they can do things like this. As you look at, you know, the reservations or Native American people as a community as a whole, what would you like to see more of to help build the culture, build the community to be stronger? Well, this is another one of those questions, man, that my ideology on the situation is backwards, you know, because it's like even on the reservations now today, bro, we have access or at least 80 percent access to everything that you and I or anybody else in the city have. A lot of this, man, it, at this point in time in this day and age, bro, is self-inflicted. Mm. People are choosing not to stand up and get better. Yeah. You know, yeah, and and everybody paints this like picture where it's like, oh, Native American, like oh, eagle feathers and smoke and you know, prestigious, you know, serene, beautiful surrounding. What about fucking sitting bull? What about the dude that fucking killed his own people because they didn't carry weight? Mm. You know, yeah. where's them warriors at? Where where's rain on the face? Where's you know where's these warriors that upheld the same? Things that they were fighting for the people to give us, 
on their own community, you know, and it's like the lack of accountability, the lack of responsibility with mainstream media, access to social media without actual education is the problem today, bro. Mm. Because these people aren't even worried about how to get help or gain knowledge or step up or, you know, and it's like being in this situation, bro, like, I get to have access to people in ways that other people don't have access to. I get to teach them right. how to write checks, open bank accounts, yeah. uh, how to grocery shop, how to, you know, like I'm their first line when it comes to a lot of just basic living necessities, yeah, you know, like, like yeah. understand sure. like the first question that I ever ask uh, any employee or anybody, any friend that I ever get to come in contact to is, is what is the one, what does the $1 mean to you? know like because as native americans we're so deprived even city native americans we're so deprived uh from that dollar um and and this is the problem like i was explaining earlier is like i have the support of my people but even that support is divided because my people don't understand the dollar Mm. you know they think if you have they think like being poor being broke is humility you know, and and they don't understand that. Kind of like a who do you think you are type yeah, person. Yeah, absolutely, bro. Right. And it's like, I don't see that way. Right. You know, I wear five carat watches. I wear 10 carats on my other wrist, you know. Like, right. I, I drive Mercedes Benz. I own my own businesses oh. uh, because I'm Native American. You know, my ultimate goal is, bro, have you guys seen what the Mexicans, were, the Hispanic community was doing with the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, bro? Yeah, yeah. We're in South Dakota. Why don't I have my own chamber of commerce? Why don't I have a Native American chamber of commerce? Why isn't there Native landowners, Native business owners, Native CEOs, you know, like outside of tribal money, government money, you know, everybody's hollering about all of this, you know, this and that and protesting and block the same shit you guys were saying. People can talk till they're blue in the face. It doesn't make a difference if you don't stand up. And represent your people, bro. My people will continue to die on the reservation, bro. Yeah. And I, I agree. I think it is a lot of the education. of Because when I look at it, it was recently, and this is more, it was a grant that I was helping my brother and sister and my, my dad fill out. Open Road Foundation. Uh, for them, it was the Indian Collective. Oh, that, my apologies. One of their grants. but And as I'm talking to them about it, going through the application and stuff, I start to realize like there's actually a ton of opportunity on these reservations for people to yeah. to grow and build their communities and build businesses and be successful and be self-sufficient but among themselves. But the tribal themselves. government won't sell them the, won't sell them the property so that they can individually open the businesses. Mm. And uh, and that's the thing, bro, is like there's so many po- there's just so much politics out there and it's kind of like As Native people, we're always like, no, 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 it's not your business. Stay out of the business, you know, and it's like putting their faith in the the tribe to protect them, bro. And it's realistically, it's like working against them when they really need to be like, please come in and help us. And because these laws, you know, like when these treaties were passed down, bro, like look how crooked they were. Yeah. The BIA got the same treaties. They got their people to agree to these treaties, you know, like the BIA was founded uh, because they were government liaisons to the people, bro. Okay. And people are not realizing that if 
I'm with the people. I'm not a fucking government liaison. Right. I'm with the people. Fuck the government, bro. Like, right. you know, and, and it's <laughs> like it's real. Our whole for hundreds of years, bro. Our people been holding our own people back, bro. And I represent the change. I represent the independent money. Mm-hmm. Right. I could do the same shit the tribe does. Right. I could fund the same shit the government does. I yeah. can give out the same grants. I could fund the same programs. I got a network of like-minded people that are standing behind me, all native, all got cake, bro. Right. You know, and it's like we're building a new revolution. We're representing a new revolution of people, and it it has nothing to do uh, with anything other than overcoming poverty, bro, overstepping poverty. That's real. You know? No, I love that. I, I feel that revolution coming. I see it. It's it's been needed for for a long time, so I feel like it's only a matter of time. And thanks for sharing that info on that, because like I said, I I see the opportunity for people, but it's the education. We got to get the people educated on finances, money, and and, and thinking for themselves instead of you. You talked about it a little bit earlier, but the victim mentality of yeah. a lot of people. It's like mm-hmm. nobody is coming to save you, bro. Exactly, and a lot of these people like are. I'm proud of them for getting out there and, and jumping in the business, but they're jumping in in the way, you know, like they're like, you know, file for a grant. By the next time I need more money, hopefully the next grant comes through. Mm. Never thinking, what if that grant doesn't come through? Right. Then what are you going to do? Yep. Just going to pack it up and go away until you get the next grant? Like, right. you have to fucking believe in something. You have to stand on something, bro. Like, there's been so many businesses that come, bro, and they're dog and pony shows. They come and go, you know, like yeah. at the end of the day, there's there's real Native American businesses out here. And we're just now showing our face in That's, 10 mm-hmm. years and 20 years. I'm working with a franchise company in Florida and in North Carolina, bro. Inside of 10 years, I put 200 watt touchables all over the country, bro. Like, um, yeah. uh, like they say, they say no game for me, bro. And four years ago, I had no idea what I was doing. I literally woke up, was pressing some t-shirts, walking around the block outside and talking to myself and my business partner, who I had no idea. I mean, I kind of knew who he was through residual, and I made him, like, six T-shirts for his plumbing business, you know. Huh. And uh, he, like, pulled up on me, you know, and I was, like, outside just walking around the block, just frustrated, you know. Bills were due. You know, life is happening, you know. Like, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm fucking working my ass off every day, you know. Things aren't coming together. It's in the... He pulled up, like, what are you doing? You know, like, why are you walking around talking to yourself? And I was like, man, I'm having a team meeting, bro. Right. Mm, Like, uh, you know, I'm out here shooting in the gym, you know? Mm -hmm. And he was like, well, you want to share your thoughts, you know? And I was like, not really. You know, like, (laughs) you know, and it's like, at this time, I'm just still out here grinding, you know, taking the licks, having a chip on my shoulder because it's just me. You know, people still talking bad about me. They don't see the value in my vision, Uh, you know, and then this, you know, random dude just, you know, kind of casually pulls up, bro. We get to shooting the shit and, you know, we go our separate ways. You know, I go back to my business. I go back to work or whatever. He pulls off. I don't think nothing of it, bro. Nothing at all. And, like, probably 10 days later, fucking pulls up right out front. Because my business was here. still in here, you know. Yeah. Like, I just build it up and develop it. 
And he pulls right up, you know, and he's like, come jump in the truck, you know. And I jumped in the truck, and he was like, hey, man, he's like, I found a food truck. And I just kind of, like, checked him out, you know, and it was like, and all my life, nobody fucking believed in me, you know. Nobody yeah. gave a shit about me. They didn't care if my wife, you know, like me, me and my wife have been homeless in recent history, you know, like sharing a bag of chips to survive. And, you know, like this shit is real, you know. I'm just a real ass guy out here, you know. Right. And that nobody ever believed in me. And my boy pulled up and he was like, um, he's like, we're going to go get it, you know. And I was like, cool. Yeah. You know. That's kind of where where that's, it all happened at, you know? That's so crazy. That's so crazy. It is, because that's what you said. I mean, when we came in here, you said I had $400 in my pocket, and I had this one little side. Yeah. And we continued to walk through the business, and you were like, I built that on my own. I yeah. built that with my own hands. Built that, yeah. the whole kitchen. Everything. You know, you you added on to this. And, and, and again, the growth is so powerful for that. But that's that's you. That's everything that you did, that everything that – you had to invest in yourself yeah. um, on that. And a lot of people don't want to do that. They don't want to invest in themselves. They want things given to them, like you said, the grants. Because they're know? afraid of what people are going to say. At the end of the day, if somebody walks in right now and says, my business looks shitty, well, they wasn't in here five years ago when there was an eight-foot crater in the hole and no sheetrock on the wall. Mm. And I was in here with the windows boarded up, pressing 2,000 T-shirts a week. Uh, thinking about what my next move is, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, I did everything in here. The carpet, the sheetrock, the tile, all the stainless steel. I built this whole place with my hands, bro. The bathrooms, everything that you see, what it is, bro. I did the work myself. I got the mm. dust on me, you know? Right. Everything, bro. That's powerful, man. My girl and me and my brother and, you know, yep. the people that give a fuck. Yep. And they're right. not obligated to. It's just these are people that came along the way bro and they believe in what i'm doing i love it even though i started off alone in this journey with no direction bro like the people that i've met along the way bro give me direction bro can you shout some of those people out absolutely so before i do that uh so like in the past seven years as i've been a business i've bought open started pioneered operated over 17 businesses okay mm -hmm. um a lot of them aren't here today because people don't have discipline and they don't want to do the right thing. So mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I put everything on paper, sue them, move forward. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah so uh, most recently, man, like uh, C. Savon Eggrolls. Yeah. Dope guy. Awesome Fire dude. Food. Absolutely. Came into my place last year when he was uh, getting out of his sneaker store situation. Yep. Uh, and he was like, hey, my boy over in Minnesota – uh, said that you were sick and you were thinking about closing down your place. And he was like, I'm looking for a job. He was like, I'm willing to do anything. He was like, the people really believe in your place. He was like, so I'm coming here. And he was like, I'll work for whatever. He was like, but I want to help you keep your place open. Yeah, that's dope. Before this, I've never seen the dude before a day really? in my life, you know. Wow. And it, it resonated with me, man. And, and I'm kind of like, I'm equal opportunity, but... I do it in my own way, you know, like this here is for the native people. So as long as I don't have native people working in here, I'll be in here working myself. Right. But anybody that's ever asked me for an opportunity has received one 
uh, whether it costed me or my wife or my whatever, bro. Like I've went out of my way. Yeah, uh, I've lost a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of sleep. You know, but I didn't want to leave him out where he was because right. he came to me. He didn't know me. Right. You know, and he was like, I'm willing to do whatever. So I had called him back and I was like, you know, I was like, hey, bro, come in. You know, like, I want to talk to you, you know. And I was like, obviously, if you're willing to work in the kitchen, you cook. What do you cook? Why don't you bring it with you also? Mm. You know, that's fire. So he brought it in, you know, and, and uh, I was just eating the egg rolls and we were just sitting there chopping it up. And I was just writing things on the paper, you know, just dialoguing like how we are. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, what about your own food business? You know, and he was like, you know, I thought about it. He's like, I wanted to do it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, I gave him this piece of paper, you know, and it was like at the at the bottom of it, you know, it had everything that he needed to do, serve safe, yada, 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 everything to get to the point of where he needed to be. I'm an individual business owner, you know. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I said, this was probably the 16th or 17th business that I've invested in. At this time, I'm tired. I'm burnt out. At the bottom of the list, it said, Bring me $5,000 for my time and investment, energy, anything after this conversation. Hmm. Gave him the list. He went away. I didn't think nothing of it. 12 right. days later, dude walks in, slides an envelope on the table, turns around, walks out. He was serious about it. Yeah. Hit me up. He's like, yo, I got to take my test, you know, yada, yada, yada. So from the very first day that I met him, it took 11 weeks to have him fully functioning. So wow. in a lot of these times that I'm investing, bro, like I'm there, the people, the minorities that I'm investing in come from the same walk of life that I come in. And they're in this situation with zero money. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I invest food trucks, trucks, cars, you know, I go in and, and uh, marketing, you know, all of that. And people don't understand. They think, Oh, this guy's sharing a Facebook post. Uh, that's not nothing. Hey, bro, I reach 6 million people a month just on Facebook. That's mm. crazy. Yeah. If I tell people to buy something or if I tell people that a product is solid, they're going to do that. And I know that I have that. That's why I remain integral. And I'm, I'm very, very picky about what I sign on to, you know. So right. these mm -hmm. people that I'm going out of my way to help and I, I believe in you. Right. You know? I believe in your vision and your family. Like, but these people don't have the drive. They lack the drive. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, they mm -hmm. want to grind and they think like, if this guy's going to put 50 G's in my hand, then I could take two months off and breathe and really figure out what I'm supposed to mm -hmm. do. Right. You should know what you're supposed to do. Right. If you out looking for people to invest in you and people to back you and people to do that shit, you should know what you're doing, bro. Like, mm -hmm. yep. you know, have that plan. Exactly. And, uh, but yeah, man, there's like a, a ton, you know, like uh, like I work with my brother all the time. Like he has his own brand, his own label, bro. GMology, God Mob Music, GodMobMusic.com, uh, the whole nine yards, bro. Like, um, and he yeah. does everything that we do. Plus, he's got his clothing line. Like I said, his Pandora channel. He sells his music. He does his shows. Yeah, you know everything, bro. Like we're actually we're just out here grinding, right? Know, like making a way. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's dope. It, it takes that. That's the cool thing about the journey is a lot of times the people that do help you, 
or that you help, you would have never even thought that your paths would have ever crossed. Right. You know, and it is the, that's why it's important to, to be open to conversation with people. Cause you'd literally never know this dude that you printed six t-shirts for, uh, for yeah. help turn your business into this. And we've made millions right. of dollars together. Right. He's still mm. my partner today. That's amazing. He never lifted a finger after his initial investment with me, but he believed in me and changed my life to the point where I knew what to do with the opportunity. Right. Mm-hmm. And I did it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, ever since that very first day that he gave me that opportunity, I've been changing people's lives. Right. You know, like this shit is bigger than me, bro. Like for sure. Well, Tetrabo's bigger than me, you know? Like I'm working with the business, this new uh business coming up around here in Sioux Falls. It's called the Sanal Kids Smoked Meats. Okay. He smokes meats, prepackages them, and then you can buy them cold ribs, tips, brisket, okay. Whatever, anything. Yeah. But he came in and and Granted, I've never met the dude before he walked in the front door of my business and reached his hand out to shake my hand. Right. You know, and, and uh, he's like, well, why are you helping me? He's like, why, why do you want to help me? And I said, I don't. <laughs> Realistically, I don't, bro. But it's like that's if that's what I'm doing today, bro, then I guess that's what I'm supposed to be doing today, yeah. bro. Mm-hmm. Do you like, see something in him, though, that makes you want to help? Is yeah. it the drive or what What it's, would you it's say? It's that hustle, bro, like that hustle, you know, and mm. it's like he has a viable business, you know, that I have knowledge in. And I know that his business can make money if he structures it properly, sure. you know, and it's like I'm willing to help anybody that has the actual knowledge and ability and respect level to come in and understand what my time equals. Mm-hmm. Right. Because. Facts. And that's what people don't understand is, like, they grew up with me. They see me on the street, so they can't correlate time uh, and value evaluation. I've grown. They haven't grown. Yeah. You know, and it's like my face call is worth, you know, 275 an hour plus whatever I'm doing there. If you see mm-hmm. me somewhere, I'm paid to be there. I don't hang out. I don't go nowhere for free no more. Like, right. But that that's because I developed that. Mm-hmm. Right. Know? And it's like I'm working. If I'm not in my house – I don't want to be selling drugs. I don't want to be gangbanging. I don't mm. want to be oppressing my people, bro. I want to be working. And if I'm not working, I want to be at my home, relaxed, sleeping. Chill. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right. Out the way. Absolutely. You right. know? Yep. And, it, and it's like that after coming out and helping people and getting beat down. So, bro, I've lost whole food trucks, you know? businesses i got i own a bar and casino 39 minutes from here Twelve thousand square feet of commercial real estate sitting there empty and i got 20 friends a year telling me that they want to they want to go out and get it themselves Hmm. but no i don't want to make food i don't want to sell liquor i don't want to operate a business well bro Watechable's big, but that's not it for me. Right. right. Me and my wife right. have the conversation every day, like, bro, what are we gonna do when we grow up? Mm. Mm. You know? That's a good question to ask. Right. Regardless of how old yeah. you are. <laughs> you know, like she wants to do she wants to be like a makeup artist or she wants to do uh some sort of, you know, whatever it is that she wants to do. And yeah. I eventually will become a criminal defense attorney. Oh yeah, and have like a jewelry store. Yeah, I mean, I I sell jewelry on the side now, but I mean, 
eventually it'll develop into a whole thing and you yeah. know I, I intend on going to law school in the near future but that's dope man. me and my wife ask each other five six times a week like what the fuck are we really gonna do when we grow up right you know, like yeah so this is more uh obviously this is your business i know you take a lot of pride in it um but there's still more there's more ahead yeah. there should always be something we're striving for you know? it's in me bro like i can't explain it it's the hustle know? it's like this is going to be here, and eventually I'm going to franchise it, okay? But I'm not a sit-still type of guy. So, yeah, I might right. have 200 franchises, and then I got to go around and train them. And what about when all that shit's done? Right. I'm just going to go home and sit around and wait. No, nah, man, like, <laughs> Job's I'm going to be doing done. something else. I'm going to be investing in whatever my wife wants to invest in. I'm going to be investing in whatever I want to invest in. Right. Uh, developing in the communities and, you know, like, Making sure that people have experiences that I didn't have, bro, because at the end of the day, that's what it's about for me. Right. Mm -hmm. I was a poor native kid from downtown Sioux Falls, bro. Like, yeah. outside of what I've created for myself, bro, nobody's looking to give me shit, bro. Right. Yeah. No, that's real. No one's coming to save you either. Right. No handouts. Nothing. You know, it's all, on, it's all on you. And for the people listening that are you know, doubting themselves or anything like that. You got to find it in yourself to believe whatever it is that you want to do, that you can do it mm -hmm. and just put one step in front of the other and, and, and start to move because, you know, like Lawrence said here, it could be some random dude that, you know, you just met or you helped out that could literally change your life. Uh, and that could be at any moment, but you got to be putting yourself in those positions to make that happen. So it could be your family, anybody, bro. Like all these people crying around, like, oh, people don't want to help me. People don't want to help me. But every family has successful people in their family. Mm. And it's like they've gotten beat down and whatever by their friends and their family and their peer group. And now over the years, they've become that refined rock. Right. And it's like better to protect your peace. You know, at this, after seven years of this, bro, like, yeah. that's why I sit quiet. People don't get my real opinion. You right. Know, I laugh with you all day, but I protect my peace. I, I give right. my energy where I receive energy from. Yep. You know? And it's like, there was a time where I wanted to be a part of everything and I wanted to help everybody. That was the time that I started losing a lot of money and I had a lot of the headaches and the health problems. And mm. I'm blessed, bro, to be standing here debt free, uh, still surviving. Yeah. You know, with mm. my brand still reaching the globe. Hell yeah. 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 That's, that's dope, man. Oh, I appreciate it. I appreciate you sharing all that. And we're actually going to take a step into um, our next part of our episode here. But before we do do that, I do just have one question to ask you. Um, and that's what does overstepping poverty mean to you? It's more of an action to me. Um, like, because when I was alone, bro, like in those situations, like I just wanted to always be there for my nieces and nephews or if my mom needed me or anybody like I just want to be there to answer the calls as long as I'm able to be there to answer the calls and teach my nieces and nephews and uh, grow yeah. My family's future, bro, like, I beat it, you know? Like, yep. we beat it, you know? And, and that's just what it is. Yep. Facts. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's move into our next part of our episode here. This is actually what we call a uh, roundtable. This is where you can actually ask us questions that you've had on the mind. I know we've had you on the hot seat. Yeah. It's time for us to be on the hot seat here. How can you relate, though? 
how can I relate yeah. to each of each stories of everyone that's been on the podcast or what do you, can you elaborate? Yeah, like in general, like what, like how do you relate to these people? Because obviously it's like you guys probably have submissions or people hitting you up and it's like, yeah. you got to weed through that and understand like, this is what I want my viewers to be hearing. Sure. Mm-hmm. But something inside of you mentally is going to be like, I resonate with that. Absolutely. Guy. What What is that that drives you? I mean, how I really relate with everyone that we have on here, um, including yourself, is is the strive to be better every single day. Like you said, you wake up and you don't truly know. Like one, you're you're blessed to wake up. Period. You know, because there's there's so many things that are going against you. But you wake up and you don't truly know what it what you need to do. But when you do wake up, you know that you got to get up. You got to get your shoes on, your clothes on, shower, whatever. And you go outside that house and now it's time, it's game mode. You know, it's, it's no sitting around. It's no sitting around, hanging out saying, oh man, I wish something else. I wish something could just come to me. I wish that million dollars, it would just be given to me. No, you got to get that. And every single person that we have on, they have that same mentality, same mentality. And then when they do go and they get something and they're where they're at, it's never, it's never done. They're now they're doing something else, you know? And so that's where I relate because that's as, as I, I've grown up. I've seen a lot of people have things that I didn't have. So it's not just, it's things there. Um, but I've seen a lot of people have time that I've always wanted in my life and that's freedom of time. And so that's what I'm working towards. Cause everyone says the American dream, American and dream come here and, and work. That's not the American dream. The American dream is freedom of time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When, when I can leave somewhere and I know that there's still money coming in, but I can go do this with my family, you know, if uh, my kid has a, a basketball game, I don't have to sit and ask for time off at work to go and go, go to their basketball. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I can just leave. So that's my relation. That's where I can really um, connect with everyone that's on because every single person, I mean, they're they're powerful. Humans are powerful. Period. Yeah. But if you don't tap into that power, I mean, then you're just gonna you're gonna be sitting there wondering, well, why did this happen to me? Because you didn't do anything. Yeah. So yeah. that's how I relate. I would say for me, I relate in a few different ways. What I what I think about right away is I've always been somebody that was able, I was always a little more cautious on the things I was doing. I didn't ever want to get hurt or I didn't want to, I was never the person to get in trouble or anything like that. But, you know, I come from a family where a lot, a lot of the same similar situations you may have been through, that's where my stepdad was coming from, you know real life physical poverty yeah. where you're dealing with your your parents having drug addiction or alcoholism or they're not there and you haven't seen your parents for X amount of time and you're stuck taking care of your siblings or there's a lot of different things. So when I think about that, you know, and to think about where my parents eventually grew to before they split up is it doesn't matter where you come from. You know, people look at your situation going to prison at 18 years old. Like you said, people are already writing you off, like completely off. Like they may have even forgot that you'd even be out here doing something. Something like this is just blows their mind. Right. So I truly believe that it's not about where you come from. Those experiences definitely mold you in a way, but at the same time, we have to get out of that victim mentality. You know, it's so easy for people to say, um, you know, my life was hard. I did this. Uh, my parents did this, yada, yada, yada. But 
what are you doing now? And when we talked before we got on here, a lot of the inspiration of having people on the podcast is I'm sick and tired of people in Sioux Falls or just really in general getting this spotlight or getting um, this light shined on them when they're not really doing anything in my eyes to help the people coming behind them. Whether they like you or not, because of what you're doing, it's going to allow other people to feel inspired or to grow. So I just think there's so much power in sharing stories like yours and sharing our stories and sharing everybody that comes on here just to show how much we have in common with each other. But at the same time, show show people that it really doesn't matter whether you come from poverty, physical poverty, or you come from a wealthy family. At the end of the day, you got decisions to make. Mm -hmm. And that voice in your head is one of the most cruel people you'll ever meet. So, um, and I think we all, we all deal with that. So I relay in that aspect. And then with your story, I just relay with the entrepreneur side of things, you know, growing up, my dad was a drug dealer. So I was always, I had a different perspective. My dad's a drug dealer. My grandma on my mom's side, she's a judge. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm in between two different lives, you know, Mm -hmm. completely different lives. And I had, you know, I didn't even know if they knew if my grandma knew that my dad was selling drugs or not, I knew, but I was also taught like family business is family business. We don't talk about this outside of the house. And so to see those things and to understand that type of lifestyle, it's not for everybody for sure. And it's definitely not something you want to be doing for the rest of your life because you you won't be around for, for a long time. I feel like, Um, so yeah, there's a lot that I can relate to with your story just based off of those experiences. But at the end of the day, you know, people just got to have that dog. Mm. You got to have that dog. When I coach football, I want dogs. Yeah. You know, when I'm trying to hang out with people, I want dogs. Like, I don't want to sit here before we started this. We both stopped playing video games. Like for me, that was one of the, when my first son was born, I stopped playing video games and realized, damn, like. I've been wasting a lot of time, like a lot of time. So just kind of self-analyzing, get back to that like you did in the cell, just kind of break yourself down. And who are you? Because most Mm. people don't know who they are. They're going to know. They're going to know. They got to. It's like in my situation, like even you guys coming in as as black minority business owners, uh, whether you wanted to sell tutus or make a podcast or sell – fruit you guys have a space there's a space for black business owners Mm -hmm. as a native american i have nothing yeah i don't have a facebook group i don't have a a collective in the city uh Mm -hmm. you know i don't have nothing bro like so like i'm trying to pioneer all of those things yeah absolutely as you should i I think it's crazy before we got on when, when we were driving over here I was asking him if he ever had an Indian taco. He said no. <laughs> and I'm like, how the hell have you never had an Indian taco when we live in South Dakota? But at the same time, are you or are you not the only Native American restaurant in Sioux Falls? Yeah. So how is that? I'm the only Lakota food restaurant in the United States of America. That's insane to me, right? It so it's like you you absolutely are a pioneer. And when I say... You know, I see these opportunities on these reservations. It's not because it's the reservation. 
is because the people, you know, the resilient people that have value, that have skills to provide to the world. And I think it's an issue that you are the only Lakota restaurant in the United States. Well, it's people that are on the reservation right now that got four or five college degrees, master's degrees, and they sit around and collect government benefits because you don't have to pay bills on the reservation. And right. Shit, you know? It's hmm. a trap. It's a trap. They get all their schooling paid for, go there, education. They got master's degrees, associate's degrees, bachelor's degrees. Some people got in their wall, just go in the kitchen. They got six, seven degrees. Like, yo, what do you do? You know, like, raise these kids. Right. Yeah. That's crazy. Do you know what I could do with you over here? Like, just come (laughs) over here. You know, they're like, well, I don't want to leave the reservation. It's too hard to survive in the world and, and blah, mm. blah, blah. And, and, and mm. that goes back to that. They don't understand the value of money. Like right. on the reservation, it might take you two months to make a thousand dollars. But if you come with me to the city, I'm going to make you a couple of thousand dollars every day. Right. Mm. You know, that's some, that's a whole that's, mindset shift. It is. It is. And that's exactly what this podcast is for, because now someone's going to see this and we always say visual represent representation, you know, and they're going to hear your story and they're like, man, I look like him. I've gone through the same things that he's gone through. I can do it. Yeah, I can yeah. do it. And it's, and it's sure. all just hearing that from someone else that looks like you that did do it, yeah, you know? Yeah. So, and, and that's what excites me because every single time we leave something, you know, we leave a podcast and a conversation with someone. Not only do I take the value, but I know that when I drop this episode, a ton of other people are going to also take that value with them as well. So sure. Yeah. That's a good question. Huh? Yes. My other question for you guys is being um, in the situation and just being who you guys are coming from your individual backgrounds um, and choosing you know, to step out into the limelight, because uh, what a lot of people don't understand is when you choose to go and do this, uh, your whole life is exposed, Mm -hmm. you know, and it has to be people feel they have opinions. Mm -hmm. Um, So how do you guys prepare for that? Like, how do you shield your family from that? Or how do you, you know, you know, I've got a strong exterior and and even going into this. And I was speaking with my wife about it just because we're kind of two opposite people. She'd rather just sit at home, hang out, you know, kind of hang by herself sometimes Uh, where me, I love to be around people. Um, You know, whether it's parties, whether it's social events, anything like that, I'm for it. And so when I told her about this podcast, um, she kind of had a, a like a oh really you're, you're gonna do that and I'm like yeah because for me I don't care I don't care what other people think I don't because at the end of the day again this is my podcast this is our podcast so what yeah. we do here in the and what we decide to move forward with on our podcast it's our choosing yeah. so if you can you can have your opinion and the way that I see it is is if anyone doesn't like our podcast and they're listening to it guess what? That's another fan. That's another listen there. They obviously, and they still took something from it. I guarantee it, you know? So, so yeah, I'm like, and we even, one of the, one of the times we had made a a post and this guy on there, I don't even know why, just started posting negative stuff on the post. And then Zacchaeus was going to go back and kind of comment on the post. And I'm like, I'm like, no, don't even comment. Just let them, let them be, let them start their own conversation because it's going to continue to draw more people to it. And then you know what they're going to have to do? Because when they really want to figure it out, they're going to have to listen. And then when they listen, then they're going to be like, 
they were actually saying some some smart stuff. Like yeah. they were actually giving out information to people that right. I probably should be listening to rather than spending time being a keyboard keyboard warrior, you know, saying what I have to say behind the keyboard but not even listening. And I'm probably doing the exact opposites, you know, yeah. of everything that they're saying here. So, yeah. but yeah, I just, I just have a, a, a tough exterior and I, I just don't care what people think. I don't at all. So, and I think that's what you have to be. You have to move like that, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I think for me, you're right. Uh, you, you do definitely put yourself in a position where it opens up for other people's opinions on things. And, I definitely feel like the more that people see you on social media or watching your podcast or whatever, people feel like they're like they want to share their opinion with you. Like, hold on, I got something to say, (laughs) you know, and I think that aspect is is really cool. I like it. Um, But at the same time, I'm also a very private person. Like I'm not. It took a lot for me to get to the point of putting myself out there on social media and recording videos and doing all that because at my core, I'm kind of like a lone wolf. I, I yeah. work a lot alone. I do a lot of things on my own. So there is a, it's a learning curve. But as far as um, protecting my family and stuff like that, I just try to keep everything that I want to keep private, private. You know, there's some things that I won't talk about on here just because I don't think it's for everybody to know. As you get bigger, those things will be called sure to be open you know yeah like and these are things that i've experienced on my journey and it's yeah like, that's why i'm asking because it's like, right but eventually bro as you grow and you gain followers those topics aren't you're not gonna you're gonna have to either decide like i'm gonna get somebody else to sit here or i'm gonna answer these questions right. you know yeah i don't have anything well, and, to hide well yeah that, that's <laughs> I true i have nothing to hide but you know as i think like more on a personal level with my family, my siblings, my my children, there's power in this, right? There's leverage in this. Yeah. And I think we would be dumb not to use it to get and put the people we want in a position to continue to grow, yeah. right? The questions will be, be answered. Like Quan said, we have nothing really to hide, but, uh, you know, it is tough. It is tough when people want to want to pry in or feel like they have an opinion or that their opinion is truth mm. you know because yeah. it's not always truth and there's people that will say things about you like there's people will comment like Quan's talking about i wanted to respond because i'm like what is this dude even talking about like has he even <laughs> listened to anything that we've been talking about yeah so. i'm not good at not responding bro. right that's what i mean i'm <laughs> sure y'all seen it on the internet well people yeah go, i don't care if you have an opinion i can have an opinion right absolutely if i work my ass off and i pay my bills and you know and this is what i tell people all the time you can have whatever opinion you want to have just go have it on your platform mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. because once you bring your opinion to this platform this is my platform. Right. Mm-hmm. And I address disrespect with disrespect. Right. If you choose to disrespect me, I will never go search on your page. Right. I've never picked up my phone and searched uh, watchable comments and then someone's page popped up with something negative and I went and responded with it. Right. As long as you do that shit on your broke ass platform, <laughs> yeah. you're able to have whatever opinion you want to have. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's real. Facts. That's that real. That was one of the questions that I had that we didn't get to is with what you do. I have seen it on social media where people are either mad that you're going to a certain powwow or, 
your food is this or your food yeah. is that. And it's just like people just want to argue yeah. for no reason because <laughs> they see you doing something. Because they want control. That's yeah, what it do. is. They want control. And that's why I don't respond to stuff because I'm not giving them control. Yeah. I'm like, listen, listen, I right now what I'm doing is going to benefit a lot of people. You feel like it's not benefiting you? Fine. Leave your comment in the comment sections, but that's all it is. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? And, like, people try to cancel me, bro. Like, my community, whatever. They try to, like, not my community, but, like, my people over uh, over different matters of opinions. But at the end of the day, in this journey, I've never been in a position where I was under somebody. I've always been the head of this journey the entire time. Right. So if somebody's at my table or somebody's eating with me, bro, it's on my ticket. Right. You mm. know? And it's like these people uh, that everybody has all these opinions about, like, at the end of the day, if you want to have an opinion about it, well, pay the money back then. Give me my fucking $70,000 back. Yeah. Because regardless of how you feel about the situation, you weren't involved in it in in the first place, you know? Like, right. And, and that's kind of, like, this is kind of the thing with me, bro, is why I have that energy, why I have that charge, is I was that kid that grew up in the system. Right. So all of these people that are out here saying they're advocating, they're liaison, and they're doing this, they're doing that. Motherfucker, I did 18 years in the system, and not one single individual thing that you did made that time more comfortable for me or made me feel more inclusive or made right. me feel any sort of fucking type of way. So now that I'm out here and I'm in a position and I got the juice uh, and the city sees what I got going on, uh, those same people that ain't really doing shit know that they can't come over here because they can't spit that game at me. Like, right. like what do you mean you guys county. are fucking out here making a difference for this group or that group? Or I was that group. I right. was that person. Mm -hmm. And those efforts, that money never got to those people. Them None of that shit, bro. Like, yeah. And so it's kind of like people want to work with me, but some people know that they can't work with me. Like, I'm old school Sioux Falls. Everybody in this city that's moving and shaking knows my family, bro. We're from here. They right. know us in some sort of capacity, whether it be good or bad. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, so this that's journey, real. this lane that I'm, that, I'm, that I'm hashing out, bro, this is old school Sioux Falls, bro. I'm not an outsider, bro. This right. shit, you know, this shit runs deeper than me. And it's like what I'm accomplishing will be accomplished, whether I'm pushing mountains or I chisel that bitch down and I'm kicking a stone. Whatever right. whatever I'm moving will move eventually, bro. Yep. Um, and I've, I've showed it time and time again, bro. I've been down. Did right. 10 back round rich again, bro. You Man. know, like, I, I do this, bro. Like, this is what I do. And I want other people to do this. I want a network of people. That's why I invest in these people. In 10 years from now, I want to own this neighborhood. Right. But... If I don't have that type of capital or I don't have that network, I can't do that. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to just pay Aaron George rent. Right. I want to buy that white dude's properties and get him the fuck out of my communities. You know, like this right. is a Native American. I grew up in the apartments down the street from here. Mm -hmm. You know, like Sioux Falls is my community and it's time for my people to have what everybody else has. Uh, regardless of how people feel about it. Facts. Uh, the only issue is my own people don't see the benefit in that ideology yet. So not only am I still working against everybody else, I'm still having to recruit my own people at the same time, you know? Right. Mm. Yeah. That buy-in needs to be there. Yep. Facts. It needs yep. to be there. 
But I've, we have the opportunity, bro. Like, oh we, yeah, we'll give the opportunity, and it's like people want. You, they don't have a plan of action. You need a plan of action. I don't give a shit what you do. You need. You want to change your baby's diaper. You want to make dinner for your wife. Where does it start? With a plan of action. Yep. Right? A deep Literally. breath and a fucking plan of action. Yep. And you follow that plan of action through. You get from the beginning to the end. Yeah. People don't see that, bro. Mm -hmm. They see, oh, uh, this guy had a food truck. Now he's got a restaurant. Must be nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, what about the other four restaurants that I spent all of my capital for my food truck on that are sitting there empty, but I still own because I'm debt free and I'm still paying on busting my ass, bro. I have 47 employees. I have no employees. My wife and I work every day, wow. whether I'm sick, whether I'm tired, no matter what, bro. Mm -hmm. Every yeah. day, you know, yeah. eventually employees will come back. They come and go. That's the way this shit goes. Yeah. But I have a plan of action. And no matter what, every day I have to do whatever uh, to derive that plan of action from the mud, bro. Absolutely. I don't lose that focus. Absolutely. Inspire. That's bars right there, too. Oh, it yeah. really is. We're on to the last part of our episode here. And I feel like you just gave us so much there. Um, and, but I'm going to ask you for more. I'm going to ask you for more. What I would like to hear is five tips, tricks, and hacks that you tell someone else in, in a way to overset poverty. This is the big thing, bro, and this is the main one that kills everybody. 99% of dreams are killed based off of this right here, and, and it's that don't be afraid to lose people. I've lost everybody, bro. My success made me lose everybody, bro. My family, my friends, at some point in time, Almost everybody in my life, except for the three people that you see sitting there, mm -hmm. uh, have fallen out of my life due to my success. The people that are meant to be in your life come back around in due time, but that also has to do with uh, if you choose to accept that mend. Right. But the biggest killer of success is that you can't accept that. You know, but me, I have been alone, bro. I have been alone for 19 years in a cell, not talking to my mom or my brothers or not having anybody. So the things that I had went through to be conditioned to that, like, like I said, bro, I induce myself into trauma daily. And it's like, I still have to choose to smile and be a good person. Mm -hmm. But I lost everybody. And that's the one thing that people can't do because once you start losing people, you lose focus. You right. don't want what you sure. have. But I knew, bro, that they would come back. I knew that I had to move forward mm -hmm. and get to that next level. But that's that's the main one thing for me, bro, is don't be afraid to lose people. Okay. The people that aren't on your journey, the people that aren't supposed to be in your journey, they're not going to be in your journey. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's, it doesn't matter. You kick, scream, cry, whatever the fuck, bro. You'll fuck your whole self off chasing mm -hmm. somebody that doesn't need to be a part of your journey. Right. Mm -hmm. They're made to go. That's it. Don't yeah. be afraid, you know. And and the other thing is, and it took me a while is the opinions, you know. Like mm -hmm. Understand, understand your value. Value yourself. You have to value yourself. If that's if there was like a number two thing like that, I and I tell people this all the time. Well, what do you want to do? And they'll say, Well, you know, I want to sell T-shirts, or you know, I want to do this. And I say, Well, have you done it before? Yeah. Okay. Well, you have a business, right? You know, that's a business. 
The hardest part about business is the mental anguish that you will go through from the time that you 100% commit to that until the time that you view uh, as your success. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, win, lose, or draw, at some point in time, you're either going to be beat down or you're going to be successful, and you're going to feel that way. But either way, you have to be headstrong to know who you are and what you're what you've been through in your journey. I started selling Indian tacos out of a tent. It's people right now that have never stepped foot into my business uh, and will choose to go on the internet and talk shit because of this or that or my past or the other thing. When at the end of the day, I don't do anything wrong to people. Mm -hmm. I wake up every day and I make people's lives better uh, because people don't choose to see it that way. Yeah. I could take them hits negatively, bro, and I could react negatively, and I could fuck off everything that I have. Like, I don't care. Like, I'll smack the shit out of a dude right now. I don't care. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, but I have to have that self-control. I have to have that mental stability. Like, I knew what I was getting into when I signed up for this, you know. Mm -hmm. I knew they was going to talk about me. Right. You know, like, first of all, I'm a man cooking fry bread, you know. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, traditionally for years and years, it's been a a woman thing or whatever, you know. But at the end of the day, in my mind, all I seen was my culture was being misrepresented. There's no fucking representation. Right. Mm. So as a a person, I never expected Wattachable to be what it is today, bro. I literally thought I would make a couple extra G's a year, put in a food truck out front. Two weeks later, bro, my mom calls me like, hey, go to the store. Get a, get a newspaper. I go to the newspaper. I'm like, there ain't shit in there. She's like, no, you need to get a USA Today. So I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I'm not thinking shit of it. Nobody knows who I am. I'm just another right. fucking native dude, you know, doing my hustle, printing my T-shirts, right, making yeah. my Indian tacos. Mm-hmm. Boom. Front page spread, the USA Today Business Journal. Got my face on there with the food truck, bro. Wow. Changed the game for me, bro. Jeez. Wow. You know, but had I not had the ability to have that mental focus, bro, everything would have fallen apart just based off of how fast things moved. Right. Right. You know, in my past and the things that I had went through, again, and this is the key, I knew how to use the tools that I had developed. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's like if you're out and you're taking classes and you're and you're assuming the resources, I mean this is the third thing. If you're out investing, the second you put money into something, you should be getting money back out of that something. If you got a wife and you got kids and you fucking take fifty dollars each and go buy something, and you still work a regular job, and you still work a regular job, this shit is a hobby. You're taking from your family. So your main objective is, if I'm going to put money in it, I need to take money out of it. So if you're out gaining resources, utilize those resources on the things uh, that you intend to use them on. People are so squirrely, you know, they like... I want to go to school to learn this. And then they get into school and they hear everybody else's ideas. Now they want to fucking do everything else. Right. Go to school, learn what you're learning, apply it to your plan and work that plan. Move forward with it. Right. Full steam ahead. You know, that's good. The fourth thing to me would just be like, breathe, Mm. you know? And honestly, man, it's like, I don't get time to breathe anymore, but 
again, it always comes down to that. I develop those tools. And a lot of the times it's like when people get in a situation and it's like, and, and granted, man, like my wife is a 100, bro. If it's no money in the bank account, my wife ain't never nagged me, man. She ain't never bitched at me, like never nothing, bro. Like, Whatever, it is what it is. We in this together. She knew what it was when she signed up for it. I knew what it was when I signed up for it, you know? Right. And it's like times get hard, bro. Bills are due every month, bro. Like, breathe. Yeah. Breathe. Understand that, like you said, bro, like you you had a, a different look into that life. And people come out of these situations. They come, The reservation's a whole different world. It's got its own currency, its own language, its own ecosystem. The penitentiary is the same exact way. And motherfuckers get out here, bro, and they forget to breathe. Right. And before you know it, when you do breathe, you think that you're breathing a a sigh of fresh air, but you're breathing it back from behind that cage or back from in Mm. the situation where you were instead of breathing first. Right. And and going forward, yeah, you understand what yeah. I'm saying? Absolutely, for sure. And and honestly, man, like the fifth thing, bro, is consistency. Without consistency, there's nothing. It doesn't matter. You don't have to understand it, right? There's nothing to understand. You know, you don't have to fucking understand everything. At the end of the day, the people that spend time understanding everything, bro, are are they're lagging. You know, like that's why that's why people are able. You know, people move past people and advance people, you know. I came home in uh, November 16, 2015. I've been home less than eight years. Right. I came home when I was 28. I have an objective goal, and I know that no matter what, outside of my wife and my closest friends and my family, I'm willing to sacrifice anything, bro. Right. I sell my car. I sell these fucking 10 carrots on my wrist. I, you know, I hustle. I sweep dog shit. I do anything that pushes me forward in a consistent motion to get from point A to point B. And it, there's not a manuscript. And that's what people can't understand is you can't stay focused because nobody's telling you what to do. Well, you're not a fucking boss. Right. At the end of the day, there's bosses and there's people that think that there's bosses, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like... We'll show ourselves, you know. Yep. Like I seen the post the other day say you you have an idea, they laugh at you. You do it for five years, they ask you how you did it. Yep. Nice. I'm in my fifth stroke, baby. This is my fifth year, you know. Uh-huh. His his boss is out here and and I tell people all the time, like, why do you want to hate on me? Like mm-hmm. all I did was be consistent. I took my own money, I put my own money on the wood and I grind my own money every day. I'm not taking nothing from my people. Mm-hmm. I take nothing from the game. You know, I feed over 6,000 meals a year for free, you know? Like, I, right. that shit come out of the pocket. There's no money back in me. I'm sovereign, bro. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I write yeah. the checks. I call the shots. I plan the events. You know what I mean? I go out. My wife and me cook the food, you know? Like, and, and consistency, bro. And all of that is the consistent actions that it takes for me to get from point A to point B. And all they have to do is apply that to whatever it is they want. If you want to be a good father, do that. Right. If you want to be, uh, you know, if you want to be a good employee, do that, bro. A check is a check. A house is a house. A car is a car. Not everybody needs to go 
to the levels that the other people are going. But in order to go anywhere, bro, you have to be consistent, bro. That's real. I agree. 100%. That is powerful. That was a great five tips, tricks, and hacks there. I mean, honestly, every single one of those. I mean, if you're listening to this, when you're listening to this, take every single one of those. And if you apply those to your life and you do that with that fifth one being consistent, I promise there's no way that you won't you won't be successful in anything that you do. Right. Period. Yep. Period. And they all loop together because yep. it, it, at some point in time in your consistency, everybody that you have been consistent with to that point, bro, is going to fall off. And if you can't, if you can't rock climb by yourself, bro, with no rope and mm. fucking hot butter streaming down the rocks, bro, like you're not going to make it. Yep. Right. You know, you have to be able to understand what you're doing, what your sole purpose is, bro, and do that regardless. One yes. foot in front of the other. Yes. Absolutely. That is a mic drop right there again. And I want to just say thank you so much for just all the value that you just brought to us and our listeners, you know, that you just shared with us here. Sure. Um, uh, I do want you to just let everyone know exactly the address for what touchable, because that's exactly where we're at now, as you guys see us filming. So we appreciate you letting us come in your business um, yeah. today to do that. Um, go ahead, share with the, the address. Yeah, uh, well, Touchable, 2305 West Madison Street. Yes. Yes, sir. Best Indian tacos. And I can say that because it's my first and it's the best. So, period. <laughs> it's the best Indian tacos there. So, Man. let's go. And I would say, I just want to end this before we uh, get off the podcast here. If you live in South Dakota and you've never had an Indian taco, you need to change that. Because there's no way in hell you're living on this land here and haven't tried the food from the people that come from this land. So make that an objective for you guys to to knock off the list. Ain't that the truth. Well, Lawrence Rice, thank you so much again. And we'll see you guys next time on Overstepping Poverty. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Overstepping Poverty. We hope you found this week's discussion informative and thought-provoking. We know that tackling poverty is a complex issue, but by working together and understanding the root causes, we can make progress towards creating a more equitable society. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe to our show. Until next time, let's take the next steps in Overstepping Poverty.